Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello, all my people. If you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Pods and Share Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, and if not, we'll sprinkle in content creators from multiple platforms. You know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here on this journey. And tonight, I am joined by two fantastic wrestling content creators. First, he is one of the hosts from the Wrestle Talk Wolfpack, one of the hosts from the Panda Wrestling Company, his TikTok creator extraordinaire, Justin, aka Dad Hat Wrestling. How are you, brother? Good, man. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to do this with you. Dude, I'm excited to have you on. Also joining me tonight, he's one of the hosts of the World Elite Podcast, representing Floor Slapper Sports, host of the Boys of Summer and the Ready to Rumble series. It's our boy, Marcus. Marcus, how are you? Yo, thank you for finally having me on, and don't forget, <laughs> back to the mania, but you've been on the other two, and what a better way to ring off the new year than coming on Botch Spots and Share Shots, finally. I'm pretty much putting you on blast right now that if I'm not on the mania series and we don't do Steamboat Savage together, you and I aren't friends anymore. <laughs> well, I've made a commitment. We probably will have to make it a two-parted episode because you you <laughs> vowed you can talk over two hours on Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage. So I'm probably going to give a warning out that we might have to cut it down to two parts. I'll just do that one match. Somebody else can have the rest <laughs> of the pay-per-view. I just want Steamboat Savage. <laughs> and... I don't think no one old enough to have it. If I can find somebody like that's around the age of 35 or older that would want to talk WrestleMania 3. <laughs> That's me. That'd be me. That's yeah. me. I'm I'll way over him. 35. Yeah. I'll keep them down. I'll, I'll take I'll take note for that. <laughs> and joining us, as always, perched upon her iron throne in the boss bitch's corner. She is the Hova to my Beyonce. She's the Bonnie to my Clyde. She is the boss bitch, Miss Allison Siegel. Allison, how are you? I'm pretty good. Anything new or exciting? Um, no. No? All I right. have a fancy little whiteboard for funny. You got a new whiteboard? So you're going to write notes? <laughs> all right gentlemen both of you are first time guests i always start every episode i explained it in the the chat beforehand um i always start with what has you pissed off for greatness it's kind of the question to start everything kind of a what has you the most upset in the world of professional wrestling it's a good-hearted way of anything somebody's gear somebody's match the way a pay-per-view ended the way a match ended anything either of you got something for me yeah i'll go um for me I mean, I got to rep my North Carolina boys. I mean, from being North Carolina here. And it's the slow decline of FTR. I mean, from going from greatness and having all these belts and everything and never getting the AEW tag titles with it to now it's just been one week after another week after another week. And now on a very big stage in New Japan, losing those titles. I'm a little pissed off with it where FTR is going right now. Back to WWE. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, there's yeah. so many people like on both sides of the fence are like, well, did you listen to his podcast? Did you not listen to his podcast? Like he's saying he, that like they're interpreting it as, oh, he's going to stay. They're going to stay out of WWE. And then I was like, no, like they're going to, this is clearly saying they're heading to, to, to back to WWE. And I'm like, I'm just pissed. Like I want to see them win. I love watching them wrestle. Cause just cause again, I've, I'm, I'm old as shit and 
I, I love old school tag team wrestling and it, it's like watching my childhood again, watching them wrestle. Preach it. 100%. If I was Devon Dudley, I would give you my best testify right now. <laughs> um, I think that everything you said, I've preached regularly on this show. I've said a thousand and one times. The reason why I won't write about FTR is because I'm an FTR stand. Uh, I think they're the best, best tag team in wrestling right now. Um, I, I put them above the Usos, not because they, they perform better or anything. I think they've just showed how versatile they truly are by being able to wrestle in every promotion, including WWE, and be successful everywhere they've ever been. I think that's what truly sets them apart. Marcus, why is you pissed off for greatness tonight, brother? Well, with all the rumors going around about Mr. McMahon trying to return and assume a role as an executive chairman, which he would have to get board approval for that, which we don't want him back. When I explain to everybody we don't want Vince back go away forever when i mean forever i'm talking about out of my man out of my tv out of my mind out of my future plans of watching wwe i don't want to see him on tv ever again stay retired if you don't go to jail (laughs) i'm just done with you triple h has been kicking ass with wwe Mm -hmm. and i got more exciting news to bring up about that but since he took over it has been more watchable I feel like it's the attitude or ruthless aggression era to me all over again, even though there's not a lot of extreme violence, half-naked women, and lots of profanity. But still, I approve what's going on with WWE right now. But thank God for IWTV, because if you want violence or obscenities or half-naked women, you could go watch whatever you want over there, you know, Mm -hmm. because I say that every week here at Botch Pods and Share Shots. We don't yuck anybody's young. Watch whatever the fuck you want to. It's 2023. Live your life. I find it funny. I get alerts like every day from IWTV, like, oh, they got this sh- these wrestling shows going on. I've gotten alerts on Christmas Eve night and Christmas night. Oh, they got rest- they got house shows going on or independent shows on these days. I'm like, wrestling never sleeps. It even goes never off. Does. Never and it goes off like at two o'clock in the morning. Especially if it's like Wrestle Kingdom or something. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Siegel. Um, let's see. I tweeted about this the other day. Uh, and I think it may have been my piss off for greatness a couple weeks ago, but meh, we're going to do it again. Um, so when we were at Raw on Monday, they like showed a little promo of like, you know, they do that 50 greatest thing. So I watched the 50 greatest tag team thing. Apparently it was put out a year ago, but my point still slaps. Why are you going to list the new day as the number one greatest tag team of all time in WWE and then ship them to NXT uh, and put, like, they continue to put the bloodline over week over week, which is fine, but, like, you're not leaving room for anybody. And you're shipping your, you claim to be greatest tag team of all time to your lessest uh, promotion. Did you just say lessest? I did. That's a, but you just I made, made up hey, a word. word. Create word. Make up words. I mean, hey. All words are made up, right? Original, yeah. <laughs> there are no bad words. That's what I tell my kid. I get your point, though. Um, I'll, I'll throw my two cents before everybody else because I'm rude. Um, I think they sent them down there so that they could make Kofi and Big E and Xavier Triple Crown Tag Champions. I think that was the bigger picture look as the why they sent New Day down there. Um, I can, however, agree 
that I think that the bloodline is monopolizing in an incredible amount of TV time right now. Yes, absolutely. If I can, I want to just say to Justin, you know, being a North Carolina, uh, North Carolinian or everything, uh, FTR, uh, it's hard to compare with FTR and the Usos these days because, you know, they both had outstanding 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to brag or make anything body jealous, but I was there for the first meeting with the Briscoes at Supercard, and that match was a banger. I hate you a little bit right now. Yeah, I really <laughs> do. I really do. Well, I do. Well, I don't want to say the wrong team, so I, didn't, I was going to either say go Tar Heels or you were going to be, what, a Duke fan, NC State? Uh, I am a very proud Appalachian State University fan Uh-oh, which gets we get, in trouble uh-oh. a lot of places because you know Appalachia State did beat Michigan all those years ago so I get in a lot of trouble even on my own shows well for saying as, that. as as one App State alums once said long neck ice cold beer never broke his heart that is very true very very true I love Luke very, Combs so do I. Allison so do I. and I are both from small division one schools in middle Tennessee state uh, we were both in college when App State beat Michigan. So when we started going off to some of the Georgias and I, Alabamas, we were like, there's hope, damn it. There's always hope. I was a I, senior in high school for that game. So I was I was, I was in college. Now. I was there. I was not at Michigan, but I uh, I have a degree in theater. And so, like, we were doing something in the theater uh, department, like building a set or doing something. And we just took a break, went outside just to get some fresh air. And literally, all of a sudden, here comes everybody on campus. We went to our own damn football stadium that we weren't playing in, ripped down the, the, the field goals, and we're carrying them around campus. Oh, so y'all pulled, y'all pulled a rocky top when they beat Alabama earlier this year. Yeah, and then we then they, they took it and they just planted it in the chancellor's front yard because it was up, <laughs> up above the campus and literally just waited for the chancellor to, who flew back in that night. And, like, there was just pretty much a party on the chancellor's front, front lawn because we beat Michigan. I'll quickly just say, you know, I – uh. Born and raised in Louisiana, grew up a diehard LSU fan, and uh, Will gave me and Dylan and Jordan a bit of gray hair when they beat the living crap out of us earlier that season at 11 o'clock in the morning in the Smoky Mountain. What are they called them? The uh, Rock, the Rocky Mountain? No, the Smoky Mountain uniforms. Yeah, the all the, grays. The Smoky grays, yeah. The Smoky grays. They beat us in the Smoky grays at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I got on a live stream and had to sing Rocky Top for him. But- and you're a man of your word. You did it too. And I, I say it proudly. You did. I loved it. And I was hoping Hooker would have had an outstanding season to win the Heisman. And then, unfortunately, that ended up shortly. And I was just like, anybody but Caleb Williams or C.J. Stroud, I was wanting Max Duggan to win the Heisman. Then we get old fingernails winning it, and he get upset by a school I don't really give a shit for. But, hey, I'm happy for Tulane. They won. But, no, I went to UH. Graduated in engineering. Hey, I almost, I almost came down to Louisiana for grad school. They just didn't offer me enough money. <laughs> yeah, big LSU fans. Thank, but it's gonna suck when Houston goes to the Big Twelve. Matt, if LSU and Houston ever play in a bowl game, sorry Cougars, I just went over there to get a piece of paper. I grew up a uh, LSU fan. Oh, you're picking Georgia? She's a. Doll. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I'll go with Allison. I'm, I'm. I'm a Georgia fan too. If we're looking at bigger schools. I'm looking. I'm a Georgia fan. She's <laughs> if, technically from Atlanta, so I'll no, give her, I'm not. Well, she's from oh. Nashville vicariously through Atlanta, so I'll give. Are her you that. a Are you a Falcons fan by any chance? Oh God, no. Okay, then we're, we should be <laughs> fine. Well, hey, if Georgia wins back to back, hey, they did something Alabama couldn't do three different times, but. I like Max Duggett's story. So if TC wins, I would be so happy for him. But if Georgia pulls it off, hey, good job, Kirby, getting back to back. Did yep. something Saban couldn't do. We got an Oregon State Beavers in the chat. So go, go Beavers. Um, my pissed off for greatness this week is the Federal Trade Commission. 
they're passing a rule that's going to prohibit non-compete clauses for independent contractors. I and I that. said it in my TikTok video earlier. Will, what the hell does this have to do with pro wrestling? Well, this is what pisses me off, is that they waited until 2023 for the countless people that these companies have cheated out of money, i.e. WWE through 2021. Every time they released somebody, you would hear they got slapped with a non-compete clause. What that meant was they were unallowed to con to conduct business for whatever that contract was. So if they were under contract for WWE, they were unable to be a pro wrestler for 90 days. When they pay out those 90-day payments, it's anywhere between 10 and 20% of the contract. So they were ultimately leaving 80% of their available income on the table through these non-compete clauses. So what pisses me off is that the Federal Trade Commission waited until 2023 to decide that this wasn't okay that it wasn't okay for these huge corporations to take all this money from these independent contractors. It gives the wrestlers a, an advantage now when they're negotiating contracts because people will get a year or two into a five-year deal and realize the grass wasn't always greener. This will alleviate some of the headaches to buyouts and getting people out of contracts and when people leave, how soon they can show up on the other guy's TV. I think this is going to be huge for professional wrestling if the FTC decides to follow through with it. Plus, it allows these guys to make 100% of their payday. So I think it's I'm, I'm pretty much for it. That's a really nerdy thing to be pissed off about, but I'm hyped. <laughs> You're such a nerd. All right. Before we get into news and rumors, um, we're going to start the Botch Bots and Chair Shots 2023 predictions. Um, I sent you guys ahead of time in the chat some uh, basic ideas of some of the outlines of what we wanted to talk about. Um, we're going to kind of tee it off. Uh, Dad Hat, I'm going to send it down to you. Uh, for 2023 predictions, who do you think your 2023 male superstar of the year is going to be? I think my male superstar of the year, and I'm going to get some heat for it, it's going to be Austin Theory. Austin Theory is going to continue to grow and develop, and I don't know if it's going to be in 2023 when he gets a world championship, but I think that you looking back at where we've gone from Mr. McMahon's little protege to even now where he's changed in this new regime change by the end of 2023, I don't think we're going to be remembering Vince McMahon and that little protege area. He's going to be his own man, especially if the whole Seth Rollins injury thing is, you know, is really legit and he's off the table that gives him even, gives theory even bigger of a platform to shine and show off and show out. So, but I think by the end of 2023 theory is going to be a major player. I'm a big theory guy. Like recently, when he first, when he first got the money in the bank contract, I was kind of against it. I was mm -hmm. like, if he's going to get it, he's a little green. Let's give him, I know we had the fantastic indie run. I'm not taking away from anything that he did on the indies, but when he gets to WWE, he goes through that WWE identity crisis. They rebrand him. They kind of build him into this new character, so to speak. And then he has to get over for the second time as Austin Theory in WWE versus Austin Theory in the indies. And I feel like up until just very recently, he's only figured out how to get over. Um, he's figured out how to blend who he was before WWE with who he is in WWE. He's putting both characters together now. And that's what I like about Austin Theory. Um, yeah. So I think he's going to be a big-time player in WWE. Marcus, what do you think about Theory? I love the guy. I mean, I gave him a big chance once uh, 2022 hit. I just grew into him. I mean, I enjoyed his match with Pat McAfee at WrestleMania and plus being there. 
I loved his attitude and everything. And then now, you know, after he won money in the bank and, you know, he failed and made a stupid move to go cash in on the U.S. title instead of the world title. And then he finally got rid of the cell phone, started just being a arrogant little prick. I love everything about it. And I'm hoping he will eventually have that world title reign one day down the road. If it's not this year, I can definitely see it next year. Yeah. But I will give the guy, when I saw him improve in 2022, I said, give the guy, I was comparing him to John Cena. I said, give him about two years, two to three years. He will have that title. It took John Cena about three years before he got his first title. I'll give him three. Cause see what 2021, he made that, he made that first appearance on the main roster. So about one, not this year, maybe next year he'll have that title. I didn't like him until he got rid of the cell phone. Um, with the cell phone, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't stand it. But now he's only a minor annoyance. I don't hate him, but he's not like my fave. I want to see him get better on the mic. Yeah. Like I'm like the character, but I will say I want to see him get a little bit like it's weird for me like having a degree in theater when i'm watching a promo especially wwe and scripted promos like because i direct i work in theater a lot and i i can see it when i see somebody what i call highlighter eyes you're literally in your brain and with your eyes you're following that highlighted what was highlighted script by script word like and i can i can i can call it out anytime i see it and he's still he's he's bouncing back and forth between highlighter eyes and you know feeling it and natural and so i mean he'll get there it's just he, he the, the the being against seth i think would help it's helping him mm-hmm. he just needs the right people for the next year he needs to be put against the right people Agreed. looking through the chat real quick before marcus goes uh chat's thrown in bray wyatt for being male superstar 2023 i think Wyatt's going to carry his own kind of character appeal he's never going to be kind of at least I hope he's not pushed into a title picture right away. I hope they continue to build stories and and theatrics with Bray Wyatt because he's bigger than the title. He doesn't need to be in the title picture to make a big influence. Uh, yeah. Do love uh, Bray Wyatt uh, pushes for theory. Uh, Von Wagner Jackson chimes in with Von Wagner as his uh, male superstar of 2023. <laughs> Bray was quick to say you to that. Um, yeah. uh, then. Looking through Marcus, that puts us to you, Bubba. Who's your male superstar of 2023? Your your guy. Well, I said on our year-end awards, if he were to get called up, I was gonna say Carmelo Hayes. But if he don't get called up, I would like to throw in Johnny Gargano. Ooh, Gargano's a solid pick. Because I'm loving his this this feud with the Miz and then with uh, Dexter Loomis on the side. I always loved Johnny Wrestling. What did you think about him in NXT when he went through the the DIY stuff, uh, Dad Hat? What did you think about his NXT push before he got called up to the main roster? Well, I, I loved him. It. I loved him in NXT. Like I absolutely loved him in NXT. Like that. Like I am such a a, a Champa Gargano fan. Like it's it, it's one of those you talk about feuds and people that you can watch no matter how many times. Like. You mentioned earlier Steamboat Savage. Like I can watch, I'll watch that same match till the day I die. But like Owens and Zayn, Gargano, Champa, Hunter, Sean, Hunter, Rock, Hunter. I mean Rock Austin. Like certain individuals that just have that. No matter how many times you're putting them together, I'm gonna be interested in them. 
And for me, I loved him in NXT, but like right now, like I need more for Gargano. I think a lot of people were expecting to just have banger match after banger match when he debuted. And now he's just kind of being more of just this mouthpiece. And I get his dad him and Candace have a kid now. It's it, they're, it's still focused on that and everything, but like, I, 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 I want to see more of him. Like, I, I feel like he's just kind of been treading water on the main roster right now. I think when he first got called up, the Johnny Whistleblower stuff was kind of so-so. Mm-hmm. But I think once they kind of cut him loose and kind of let him start building some programs on his own, mm-hmm. like we'll be able to see what he can do. Once again, though, kind of like uh, previously we were talking about Theory, I think he's one of those guys that is good on the mic, but with a little, with a little bit more experience will truly be great in another year or two. You know, another year or two of being on the biggest stage, being on, you know, in front of those crowds and doing it regularly, things like timing and articulation and cadence and stuff like that, that only comes naturally with repetition. You know what I mean? Like, he's only going to get that stuff by being on the mic over and over and over again. And I'm by no means saying he's green, but there's a huge difference between being on the mic on the indies for 50 and 100 people and being in an arena for 20,000. There's sure. a huge difference between those two things. Allison, who's your male superstar prediction for 2023? MJF. I saw that one coming a mile away. <laughs> Shut up. Solid pick. Let me ask you a question. Why? I think out of everyone right now, he is, other than maybe Seth, he is, to me, by far the best overall package of a worker. He's amazing on the mic. He's amazing in the ring. He's, you know, he's a safe wrestler. Like, he doesn't, he hasn't had any issues causing injuries to himself or to others. Um, you know, I think that he is a big draw people. You know, he's just like Roman right now. He's that heel that everyone loves to hate. So, like, is he even really a heel? Who knows? But, I honestly, for me, he's just, right now, the overall package. And he's really just getting started. I mean, he's, what, he's 26, I think, 24, 26. So, like, I mean, he's got a long time still left in this business. And he's already, like, here. Like, I can't imagine, like, where he's going to go. Like, the more he learns and the more he does. Katie says he's 26. Thank you, Katie. You're right. People say you don't become a great wrestler until you're 30. You don't master it until you're 40. So if MJF is this good at 26, imagine how good he's going to be at 36. You know, yeah. when he's been here for 10 more years and he's got five more title reigns. Um, Dadette, I'm going to start with you, then I've got a question for Marcus. Do you think MJF's work rate says anything about him as a champion? Do you think the fact that he wrestles seven to ten times a year takes away from his reign? If he continues to be a champion all the way through 2023, but he only wrestles those 10 times, do you think it takes away from the overall value of his title reign? I don't think where his where he is character-wise and everything right now, because right now he is known as being somebody on the microphone. Like if you say, okay, what is MGF? Is he a worker? Is he someone on the microphone? You're going to choose microphone every single time. I think as he progresses, as he gets older, you're going to see that more. You're going to see the, like, I mean, because he's young right now. I mean, if he's, if he, I mean, 
he's he's being smart if he's only wrestling seven to ten times a year and everything that's less likelihood to to get hurt but he's still getting over as i'll get out with being just being on the microphone um but i mean as he gets a little bit older and he gets more and more matches under his belt and everything i think you'll see more matches out of him and i think i mean this is just the first of many title reigns um i still stand by that i want him out of adw and i want him on a wrestlemania card i still stand by it marcus bidding war of 2024 if his contract expires 12 31 2023 do we see mjf in the rumble in 2024 it's kind of hard to tell by now because who knows maybe Tony Khan would want to negotiate and throw a lot more money at him than what he's getting paid. I guess it depends who's going to write the fattest check to him. If it's Triple H going to throw more millions at him or is it going to be Tony Khan? He's going to go where the money goes. It could be Disney by then for all we know. Right. Yeah. That, that, Disney's got a shitload of money. Well, Disney might also own WWE by 2024. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, I, I, that's kind of a – you think that would be a bad thing if w, if Disney owned WWE because people think, oh, if they owned it, it's going to be so G-rated. They're going to literally drop the Attitude Era out of the network with Peacock, and they're it's going to be all sissified and everything. They're, they're trying to make it as childish as possible is what they're thinking because Disney is more for the kids than adults. I 100% know that's coming up later in the episode, so I'm cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for later. Uh, my male superstar of the year is going to be, a, I'm phoning this one in. Um, I think it's written on the walls. It's been in the air since WrestleMania 2022, and that's Cody Rhodes. Um, had he not been hurt before Hell in a Cell, I think he would have been the wrestler of the year for 2023, but because we didn't see him wrestle for seven months, it hurt his. It hurt the run. Um, coming back at the Rumble, you know, you know me optimistically predicting Cody Rhodes to enter and win the Rumble, to build the road to WrestleMania, to him building the story with Roman, the re the inevitable rematch with Seth. All the stories that we get of having an incredibly super over babyface champion, even if he only gets one year as champion from WrestleMania through the end of it, and then he drops the belt to somebody else because he's not Roman. Um, if, if, he gets that belt. I think Cody Rhodes could be the ultimate babyface champion for WWE because they've had a heel champion for so long. They need that incredibly super over underdog to come in and, you know, the David versus Goliath, whatever cheesy analogy you need. I think Cody Rhodes is well-primed to to have the, the year of his career right now in 2023 when he makes his return. Calling it now, yeah. I, he'll win the Rumble. He'll probably challenge. I don't know if he'll challenge for both belts or if they're going to split them. And if I can make an early prediction for the women, I'll probably go with Rhea Ripley to win the women's rumble. That's a solid for pick. Sure. I think yeah. that's a, a good one. Or Alexa. Cause they're pushing her right now. Alexa's also well, a I, good pick. I was thinking Alexa and Bianca at the rumble for the raw women's championship. Mm, fair. I was assume that. And I know. Uh, I'm sure you guys know what real country music sounds like. To me, this guy ain't country. This this guy named Hardy, who's supposedly gonna perform at the Royal Rumble, the <coughs> theme song to me is more rock than country. It's metal. Thank you. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, thank you. He did that at the uh, when he was at Raw. He did, and it was 
something. I'm not a fan. I'll just call it. I mean, it is what it He's is. He's more of a songwriter. He does Can a I lot. Make- I mean, he, he made his... He got big being a songwriter for other people. Now he's being a songwriter transitioning into his own stuff. And Michael Cole can't get his facts right. The dude's from Mississippi, not Nashville. He probably just records out of Nashville. And it would be so funny if his performance gets ruined by Sola Sokoa. Like, thought you were big with that guitar, were you? (laughs) (laughs) Run him through a drum or something or beat the hell out of his band. That would be funny. Yeah, because that song is clearly metal. It is not country, like, in any way. I think they call him a country artist because he used to be a, or he is, like, a country songwriter. That's what Dad Hat was saying. That's how he yeah. broke into it, with, yeah. uh, being yeah, a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. All right, Miss Eagle, I'm going to start with you. Let's go around and make the circle the other way. Who do you predict to be the top female superstar of 2023? Chat, you're up. Drop yours in the chat. Mm. Let's go around for this one. Right now, like, I feel it would take a lot to outshine either Bianca or Charlotte, to be fair. Like, somebody would have to, at this point, somebody would have to, like, super impress me for it to not be one of the two of them. Like, I love Bianca, but, like, I super love Charlotte. I'm I'm so glad that she's back. But, I don't know, I just don't think that there is another female who is more of a package than the two of them. But, maybe I'll be surprised by the end of the year. You guys got anybody or anything to chime in on that? I'll say Becky Lynch. Yeah, that's who you're going to throw in. You want to go ahead and go next, Marcus, and throw yours in? You think Becky will be next? You think she's got the push coming? Absolutely. What about Becky in 2023, though? She, people are saying she's past the peak of her career. Some are saying she's in the, the, the twilight of her career. Do you think she's reaching that point, or do you think she's still got at least one or two more good runs in her? Oh, she got more than one or two runs. She's – who the hell is saying that? She's, like, young. She's not her – she's, like, early 30s. She's still got, like, a, another five, six years. I think it's just that they need more – the people that they're sending across the ring from i mean that's the biggest thing like mm-hmm. i mean at this point because they've been around for a while how many times can we see bailey becky right. how many times can we see i mean it's it's got to be we we need more variation in the people that there's that like the beckys the charlottes you know the baileys who they're sending across the ring from that's what we need we need more credible opponents for them i can see Becky going as long as Mickey James has gone. Barring any major injuries, I could see that. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. The women's roster, like, there are some great females on that roster that they just bury. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you've got Dewdrop who's backstage. You've got, you know, everybody hates Natty, but, like, you know, Natty's there. Like, she's a great, like, mid-card worker there's Tamina like there's so many women that they could be pushing more of you know and all these great women that are coming up in NXT but like yeah how many times can like you said I have like how many times can we see you know Becky and Ronda and Charlotte and you know whomever like it it does get old but you know they WWE needs to learn how to properly promote their women in general so that you know we feel connected to these other women not like who are you 
All right, Dad Hat, you're up. Who's your female superstar prediction for 2023? Mommy, Rhea Ripley. It's going to be the year uh, Rhea Ripley. It's I a mean, very popular pick in the chat as well. That's the yeah. only reason yeah. I shouted it out yet because uh, I yeah, figured yeah, that yeah. might be who you pick. I yeah. I agree with it, but I, I like to be different. So, But I do agree with that too. I, she can have an uh, amazing year too. But I think for her, for 2023, what might make it a little bit different because when I look at the Judgment Day, I'm sorry, Rhea is running that shit. She is the unofficial leader of the Judgment Day. Like people are like, oh no, it's Finn. No, it's Rhea. I mean, she's, she's the mastermind behind this whole thing. <laughs> The fact that we got an intergender match on Raw with Rhea, and I don't want to – everybody's going to be like, oh, you're just comparing her to China. No, Mm-mm. not because of the bill, not because of the character, nothing with that. But with Rhea, the charisma on the mic, her work rate and everything, you have avenues that you can go down with her. You can have her go after a women's title. Why can't she go after the freaking IC title, US title, something? Like, why not? Why Why can't she? Now, I, I mean, do I see intergender wrestling being a thing that is always going on? Every Raw, we get one. Every pay-per-view? No. But Rhea is a special performer and can be someone that can jump in those different lanes and, and hold, hold those like whatever title she wants. Like, no, I'm not saying, I mean, I'd believe it. I, I would look at her depending on who she's crossed. I mean, if you're saying for a world, for the actual world title, maybe, but cause, but she can go in the ring. She can deliver on a mic. And I think that 2023, like, like she's been that runner up for the last little bit. Like she was dominant in NXT. She, you know, we've had some injuries here and there, but she was that runner up with the, in the rumble. It always seems like she's just slightly behind Bianca. I think this is the year just she's she just jumps over everybody. Justin, Dad Hat, you made some fans tonight. They're <laughs> telling you to preach. You are speaking facts. <laughs> They're just giving you your roses. Um, so that was everybody. My female superstar of the year. Um, I'm throwing a left field curveball in there because she'll be a free agent at the end of 2023, and when she becomes a free agent, she will be the most sought after female free agent in wrestling and that is jordan grace like the impact knockouts champion right now she had in my opinion the female match of the year against masha slamovich at bound for glory um she's queued up right now to go against mickey james for the career versus title match we were just talking about that either earlier in the episode or right before we went on air we were talking about it like jordan grace is primed to have a breakout superstar level caliber year. And I think if she knocks it out of the park, when she becomes a free agent, she'll be the most sought after female free agent in wrestling going into 2024, without a doubt. Jordan Grace, this is her year. And I say, speaking of Masha Slimovich, we've had her on our show two years ago before she signed that big contract with Impact. We interviewed her as a indie and it was cool having her. She's fantastic. She's a great lady. Um, I know some of the people at the Fallout Shelter in New York. Um, we've had Mike Law. He's the head trainer there. He's a, a friend of the show. He's been on a few episodes with us. Um, rolling into the next one, Tag Team of the Year. Marcus, I'm going to let you tee off on this one. Who is your tag team to watch out for in 2023? Predictions for Best Tag Team of the Year. I'll have to go on AEW side and probably have to say the reigning champs the acclaim for sure solid pick 
Um, do you think right now the acclaimed are, with FTR being theoretically out of the picture right now and not on AEW TV while they're traveling, um, do you think they're the most over number one working tag team in AEW, including the Young Bucks, including the Guns, um, including the House of Black? Do you think right now they're the, the best performing, the most over, best on the mic? Absolutely, in every way, because... Some of those teams you named, I consider them as the trios. You, we haven't seen the Young Bucks in just two-on-two action. They've been more in that trios with Kenny Omega, that whole best-of-seven series. We know it's rigged. We know they're going to get those titles back in L.A. in the main event because it's Cali. They're back home, and they're going to hold them belts quite a while. You're going to see them more in trios action than just two-on-two action. And there's really not any other tag, te- other tag team I could think of unless they don't break up. The claim is really the number one tag team, two-man team in AEW right now. And God forbid if Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett win those titles at Battle of the Belts. I'm going to shit a chicken. Hey, Jeff Jarrett <laughs> is a national treasure. I'm from Nashville. I preach the Jarrett's all the time. Jarrett and Lawler yeah. are wrestling gods to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not allowed still- to say anything bad about them. Jarrett needs to worry about his wife on Twitter. Yeah. That man, that woman's got a mouth. I would not want to piss off Karen Jarrett. No. Like, she has said some things. Like, she is one person I am not trying to make mad. All right, Dad Hat. Who is your tag team to watch in 2023? I want to say House of Black, but, I, but I'm but i with Marcus. It, like, to me, like, I see them more in line for those trios titles than just, you know, standard two-on-two tag team. Um, kind of real quick piggybacking off what he said. I mean, yeah, I mean, we kind of know the, the, the trios titles are going to go back to the elite and everything. I mean, we talk about it. We make fun of it so much on two shows on the PWC. Like the fact that the AEW trios titles have them themselves on the belts, it's they're, they're going to hold those belts forever. Like the people on the freaking AEW trios titles are Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, just their silhouettes, doing their own moves. So, I mean, they're going to hold those things for, you know, it's going to probably be like three years. They're going to try to be a Roman Reigns world title reign, but with trio titles. Uh, but tag team, I'm going Briscoes. I think they're, you're building a company. You're yeah. built. You're, you're going to have. Love the Briscoes. You're going to have. You're going to have Honor Club-ish back and everything. You're building this now. They're the, They're originals. They are entertaining. They can go. They're gonna be a like. They're gonna be the settlement for the growth of Ring of Honor now because they've got the history. They can still go. And, I mean, they're not gonna be on AEW. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna show up on AEW. They're. They're just not. They're not gonna be touched by them. But through Honor Club, they are gonna help build this new company, and I think it'll be a big year for the Briscoes. Reach for the scow, boy. I like that. I fucking love J. Mark Briscoe. Um, I think they have paid their dues. They've made their apologies. I think Tony Khan, AEW, Time Warner, and Discovery are losing a shit ton of money by not having these guys on their TV. If FTR is one and the Usos are two, then the Briscoes have to be the number three tag team right now on the market. And I think they're killing it. Um, Allison, what do you think about the Briscoes? I see them hanging on the wall behind you. You've had a chance to meet them. You've seen them work quite a few times. What are your opinions about the Briscoe brothers? I love the Briscoes. Um, they were going to be my pick 
So I'm going to have to pick somebody else. <laughs> uh, no, I think they're fantastic. Sure. They're great workers. Like, you know, you and I just saw them at uh, Steamboat's last match in North Carolina um, Thanksgiving. And, like, they worked with the... Um, Rock and Roll Express. The Rock and Roll Express. And, like, I mean, obviously they carried that match. But, like, they worked their asses off to make make them look good. You know what I mean? But And it was just so amazing to, like, see them, like, sell the shit out of, like, getting hit by old man. You know what I mean? Like, it was fantastic. I think they're they're great on the mic. They're great workers. Um, you know, like Will said, it's, it's a shame that, like, you know, that they've made their apologies. They've learned it was a long time ago. Like, you know, it's time to, like, forgive and let them be on TV. Like, just... Just let it go. Yeah, they're losing tons of money without having them on TV. I agree. Um, do you want to throw a tag team in, or do you just want to to run off the Briscoes? You got somebody else in mind? I'll run off the Briscoes, because if not, I'm sure I'll take yours. Because I know what you're going to say. Oh, everybody knows what I'm going to say. The best tag team in wrestling, hand over foot, 2023's gonna be FTR um, I think they won all those titles in 2022 they lost all those titles going into 2023 they're going to bow out gracefully from AEW they're going to take a couple months vacation and they are going to be the first feud versus whoever dethrones the Usos at Wrestlemania I'm oh just... I can't wait to hear the just the say yeah like I can't wait I, no, I will lose my no. shit I, I would hear- love the other theme if they could buy the rights to that 80s version of remix of the Midnight Rockers theme. I love yeah. it. I would hate if it goes away after they only had it for like a year and a half. <laughs> Just from Get Your Podcast says the Maximum Mel Models are the top tag team from 2023. Oh my, <laughs> shut up, man. <laughs> so he's, he's throwing that us. in there. <laughs> At least he didn't say pretty deadly. I'd have, I'd have like, no, I'd have screamed like, no. I think Pretty Deadly is one of those teams. If they got the WWE mittens taken off of them, they could get over. But I think it's one of those going through the WWE identity crisis. They're trying to turn them into something they weren't before they got there. Yeah. (coughs) All right, guys. This next one for your 2023 prediction was a little bit weird. I said pick a star and pick a title. So ultimately it was pick somebody you think is going to win a title in 2023 and what title you think they're going to win. Um, Allison, you haven't got to start. Wait, yeah, Allison, you're the one who hasn't started one yet. Pick a star, pick a title. This is because I want it to happen, and I've said it before, and Katie's already said it in the chat. I want Rhea Ripley to win the freaking U.S. title. She deserves it. She would be a boss carrying it. Like that is what I think should definitely happen. And it could happen. Um, I mean, will it? Who knows? But I feel like, you know, like Dad had said, like, those mid-card titles could switch back and forth and be intergender titles. Like, they could go either way. There's no reason for the mid-card titles to not be for whomever. Um, So, yeah, I'd really love to see Rhea Ripley with the U.S. title. I would love that. Marcus, what are your opinions on a woman winning a, a mid-card title? Going back to a China winning an IC title. 
Um, we've had women win the Impact World's Heavyweight title. Uh, uh, what was who who was it? Did did Tennille, well, Tessa, 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 Tessa Blanchard. Blanchard won the the Impact Women's she, title? She uh, beat she beat my boy Sammy Callahan, which that was kind of yeah that hurt. ironic. Yeah, and I'm not the, I'm not big on Tessa Blanchard, and especially the shit she's been down the road with with everything and nobody wants her on tv well not necessarily her specifically but what do you think about a woman being at the capacity like a china like a charlotte like a Rhea, where they can compete and work with men and put on quality matches with men and intergender matches do you think it would be okay to have Rhea have a u.s title run similar to the way china had the ic title Rhea ripley 100 percent yes if i can maybe throw if i could say two more women becky lynch Possibly, maybe Bianca Belair, uh, Charlotte. I don't know. I mean, it's already. I I can't pick and choose. I mean, yeah, I rather her be a champion right now than Ronda freaking Rousey. Ronda could be another one. Just so I could see her get RKO'd or something or <laughs> kick. I would love that. Uh so much money I'd give to see that. RKO or or a stunner by Kevin Owens or a hula the kick by Sami Zayn or. A, or a super, Superman punch from Roman Reigns. Or any stomp. anything. Ooh, a, stomp. a stomp from Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm horrible. Seth Rollins come out dressed in her in her type of gear, the, the Roddy Piper plaid. <laughs> yes. All right, Dad Hat. Pick a star, pick a title. This one this was probably the easiest for me to pick. And it's gonna be for a world title. I don't know if you're gonna say we're gonna say they're still together or they're separate, but before the end of twenty twenty three. For a World Heavyweight Championship, my most entertaining, probably favorite person in wrestling right now, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Like him. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you- he, he is on the microphone. Like, his ability to improv, his ability to go off, he is the closest to Dwayne The Rock Johnson that we will probably see for a long time he is so fluid on that microphone like and it's different than mjf because i I, like mjf is that heat on the microphone like he's doing the heel things there la knight whether he's a heel or a baby face and everything he feeds and uses that audience at like he he, audience gives him something he's going to tie that into what he's saying right then and there in that moment so but i think world title is in the future for la night in 2023 i love la night whether it's him? money in the bank or something else did but. you watch him in uh nwa and impact and stuff yes. with eli drake yes um i think this version of la night that we have now is the closest to eli drake we've gotten so far mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a big la night fan marcus what do you think about la night I love LA Knight. Uh, I loved his match being there in person when he faced Gunther at Stand and Deliver. That was an awesome match, too. Um, glad they got rid of the Max Mail model bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this feud he's going in with Bray Wyatt. You know, everybody's already pissing on Bray Wyatt. And I'm like, give it time. They are building this Uncle, Uncle Howdy storyline with Bo Dallas is going to be. And. <laughs> I don't know what you call a pitch black match unless it's just like, oh, just a spotlight on them. But please don't ruin my viewing when I'm going to be at the Rumble seeing this match. Some saying it might be cinematic. Some think it's going to, it could be this or that. But it's going to be like that orange juice match in AW, just a pool of 
Mountain um, Dew. Oh, Mimosa Mayhem? Uh-oh. Yeah, it's going to be that, just Mountain Dew in a pool. Just Bray Wyatt we... and L.A. Knight and a Mountain Dew, like a Mountain yeah. Dew match where they're swimming yeah. around. Yeah. White t-shirts and everything. <laughs> oh, but real quick, did you real quick about Bray Wyatt, did you guys rather The Eater of Worlds or The Fiend? I think we're going to get a combination of all Bray Wyatt's. I think that's kind of the point of what's going on right now is this like inner monologue between him and himself and whoever this Uncle Hardy and Uncle Howdy character are. I think I, it's both Alice. Uh, that's coming up uh, for a question from the the chat once we give our Uh-oh. last uh, our final prediction for 2023 before we roll into the rest of it. Um, Marcus, you're up. Pick a star, pick a title. Mm, I think one everyone has already been saying for the last year, Cody Rhodes is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I feel like that's a pretty solid pick. Uh, once I said he was going to be my male superstar, so obviously I agree. I know he'll win a, a world title at some point in the next calendar year. That's for sure. Yeah. And do y'all like Code Orange? It's the new theme they did for Bray Wyatt, Shatter, or did you rather the remix of the one for his original theme? I love the new song. I think yeah. it's awesome. Big fan. It, it just feel like even watching it on TV, like I'd love to see it live, but – just through TV, you see that that sound just encapsulates that entire building. I think the piano play goes perfect. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes, it does. Uh, just says Teddy Hart knows all about the pitch black match. <laughs> wow, throwing that in there from the uh, the Ring of Honor days. Um, Fiend says he loves the new song. Um, so I guess mine is a uh, an easy pick. I picked Ricky Starks, and I said he's going to win the All-Atlantic Championship. Um, I think he's not... He, we know he's not going to dethrone MJF. He's not there. But I think building him up to be a huge... Like a mid-card champion, even maybe even the TNT title. I think we'll see Ricky Starks win a major mid-card championship in 2023. Either the All-Atlantic off of Orange Cassidy, or maybe be the TNT championship and take it off of Darby Allen down the road. Um, but I think Ricky Starks is well past the point of having a, a major title reign outside of the yeah. FTW championship. I, yeah, I'm sorry to those diehard Ricky Starks fans. I love Ricky Starks. He's from my home state. But the FTW title is not a real championship. That's like their 24-7 title. He's going to win a real one this year. And I agree. Yeah. The It could be the All-Atlantic. could be the TNT title. Yeah, yeah the FTR so that or the FTR title, that FTW uh, title should have never reappeared on television. It should have been in the time capsule of ECW with Taz and Sabu, um, where it should have been. Like that makes sense. Where when it got brought into AEW, that was that was a joke. Does Hooks even have it? The chat chimes in and says Braun Strowman and Ricochet on the tag champs. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a after the Usos get dethroned. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about who's going to be that big tag team to dethrone the Usos. They're going to have to build a story with somebody major to make it seem like, to, to make it worth it. I'm not saying Strowman and Ricochet can't be tag champs. I don't see Strowman and Ricochet dethroning the Usos, though. It's gonna and it worries me. It worries me. Like, you've got, a, for, tag, for the tag championships and the world championship, you have a big act to follow. So I mean, there is pressure. If you're if you get told you're going to be the person or you're going to be the team to dethrone Usos or Roman, your pressure is astronomical. After that, like, oh yeah, and if it doesn't go right, 
it's going to be taken off of you real quick. Mm-hmm. You have to immediately go from zero to a hundred. If you, if you, especially if it's your first title reign, God forbid it's somebody's first title reign. Cody, Cody's held a world title. He's held the 10 pounds of gold. He's held major championships in WWE, AEW. He was the first TNT champion. So it wouldn't be Kate, Cody's first major title reign. But if it if if it's a first timer, like it's gonna be hell on wheels forever follows up either of those acts. Completely. It'll be Logan agree. Paul. Oh god. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. Logan Paul is the next WWE heavyweight champion. Oh no. Hell. Alright, guys, and just for fun, uh Royal Rumble predictions twenty twenty three. Who's gonna walk through the prediction door? Wrong answers only. Um, Dad Hat, I'm going to tee off with you. Give me one or two people that you know aren't going to be in the Royal Rumble but would be fun to see anyways. Uh, the pizza guy from AEW. What's his name, Will? Luigi Primo. Luigi, Luigi yeah. Primo. Yeah, yeah, Luigi. yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying, to make a, trying to make a pizza. And the pizza dough goes with him over the top rope. Uh, yeah, Luigi Primo. That reminds me of the 1990s gimmicks. Everybody had a job. Like you got the pizza yeah. guy, you got a garbage guy, you got a repo man, you got a yep. police officer. Like he would have been prime for like the mid 90s WWE. Marcus, uh, who is your Royal Rumble prediction? Wrong answer only. Oh, Titus O'Neil. Even though I'd love to see him <laughs> fall on his face again. <laughs> uh, we just watched. Was it? 2019 that we just watched when he came out and he did the whole like slowdowns like he he oversold it to make sure he didn't like fall again i thought that was hilarious i thought he did that two years in a row or he didn't even enter the 2020 rumble i know he did it in 2019 yeah he did it back to back or was it 2021 the pandemic rumble he did that again where he like faked it i think it may be that one too but i just remember seeing i think it was 2019 for sure the year seth won because that was the one we just watched Okay. Um, Allison, uh, wrong answers only. Who's entering the Rumble in 2023? Hmm. Jim Cornette. Oh, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> pick. That's one of those like AWOL picks. You're like, huh. He entered in 01 at the WrestleMania X7 uh, gimmick battle royal. He was in that. Oh, yeah. And there were a ton of people in that. Iron Sheik and uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Uh, he came on the show and talked about being there for that event. Talked about doing the gimmick battle royal. That was a lot of fun. Um, my Royal Rumble prediction: wrong answers only. Uh, I say Vince McMahon enters number thirty. That's my Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus. that's that's the ultimate kick in the nuts to the WWE. He comes in, he enters at number thirty, he wins the Royal Rumble, and the next night on Raw, he shows up and he says, "Donald Trump now owns the WWE." Oh, like the whole world just melts down. <laughs> Like, <laughs> Jesus, jeez, Louise! Don't speak that into existence. That's no. how I, our chat just dropped down to zero. <laughs> um, it was at it was at this moment he knew he, he fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing the the predictions with us. Now we're gonna send it up to Allison in the boss bitch's corner. Uh, knock out some news and rumors and everything going on in the world of wrestling before we wrap it up. Allison, what's on your list? WWE announces Money in the Bank will be held in the O2 Arena in London, July 1st, 2023. How do you feel about one of the big five going across the pond? Can I go first? 
either one of you, I'm just going to go ahead and let you both know I'm not going to go first on any of these things. So one of the two of you have to start talking when she stops. I think <laughs> I love this idea. I think it's absolutely awesome. We get to see something different. I didn't think Money in the Bank was going to really be a thing anymore because they were talking about getting rid of the gimmick pay-per-views. Now, I've, I've wanted to ask this before our live stream got called off with Dylan having the flu. Hope he gets better. Would you consider now that money in the bank was going overseas, do you consider it now on that level like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Rumble? I was thinking about it over, then I was going to say no because look at Elimination Chamber. It went to Saudi Arabia last year, but I think they were out of diamonds of hosting it anywhere. Yeah. I was going to say no, but I still love it that it's going overseas. I think that's around the same time AEW was supposed to be going hit up London. They're going in the summertime as well. So they're kind of like in a feud of who's going to draw the more crowd and attention. I think it's going to be WWE on that behalf. But yeah, 4th of July weekend in the O2 in London. That's going to be bangers. I love it. And th that makes me wonder if you're doing it in July, is SummerSlam going to be at the end of July again too? Where they're going to top that off at? And I'm waiting to hear if they're going to still do King of the Ring or not, too. So that was another rumor they brought up. But Money in the Bank, I love the idea they're going to London. Yeah, I, lo I love I love the idea of going to London. I love opening that market up again because, I mean, I love SummerSlam back in the day in, in Wembley. Like, love that. Love that. And love that they went, you know, to Cardiff last year. But for me, I still wish that Money in the Bank was going to be just – a match on the mania card like i want it back there let's not have a whole pay-per-view of it. we don't need a whole pay-per-view of it i mean i don't need to hear money 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 like i don't need to hear that you know played at nauseum i'm sorry to cut you off but they they had a chance they had one shot they had one job they could have did it for years it could have been money in the bank by a little scrappy that's true too. That's true too. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I just, I wish it had gone back to me. When I saw that this morning, I was like super glad. I mean, cause there's so many content creators on TikTok that are over there and it gives them a chance to have them for something big over there. But I, I, just, I would rather see it at mania. Yeah, I agree. I think that the gimmick matches need to be part of the individual pay-per-views, not their own standalones. Uh, Money in the Bank will always was synonymous for me with WrestleMania. I think Hell in a Cell is another example of, oh no, it's that February, March range. Or no, it's that, you know, that into spring, early summer range. So now it's got to be Hell in a Cell. So you get two mm -hmm. people thrown into a Hell in a Cell match versus having the Hell in a Cell match be the ultimate blow off for a feud. Yeah. Um, so I, I applaud the idea of making that its own match again to utilize whenever they need it to be utilized versus it only being done at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I think that's kind of silly, and I agree that Money in the Bank also needs to be its own uh, to be included with like the WrestleMania card or something like that. There's no need to have its own Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Uh, I do think it's amazing. Uh, the fact that they're going back so quickly, because Clash of the Castle was in at Cardiff in September, so the fact they're going back in July speaks volumes to what they think they're going to be able to do with the uh, the English fans and the European fans. And the fact they're going to the O2 Arena is huge. Um, it's like the seventh or eighth largest indoor facility in the world. It's like on 130 acres. So they're going to be able to take a WrestleMania-style experience to England and give it to the English fans. So it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience for some of these people. 
Um, so I think it's amazing that they're doing it. And uh, as long as WWE does it right, it could be history in the making. And we could see something this big every year over there. I'm waiting for the day they decide to do a Royal Rumble in the UK. Not me, because I want to be able to go to one. I still haven't been to a Rumble yet. Yeah, same. I'd rather go to a Rumble than a Mania. 100%. Um, yeah. I think we're going to uh, probably Mania, uh, WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. I think we're going to head to that one, because going to LA is going to be stupid expensive. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the amount of time you're going to need to spend out there to get the whole experience. Yeah. You say you're trying to go to a Rumble or a Mania? Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view. Hundred uh, percent. Okay. It's my favorite pay-per-view every yeah. year. Um, I've been to yeah. I've been to four WrestleManias. I was supposed to go to the Royal Rumble two years ago, and unfortunately, I had to cancel. How's bragging camp hard. going, Marcus? I've been to fourteen WrestleManias and thirty-seven <laughs> Royal Rumbles. Nah, I've just been to four. <laughs> Miss Eagle, what's next on your list? Um, next is Soraya named her tag partner in Tony Storm. Do we think it's actually Tony, or is just a swerve leading to possibly Mercedes Monet coming um, as a part two to this? Um, Mercedes Monet's contract is not exclusive to New Japan. It's only specific dates. Um, so do you think she has an AEW debut, or could she still pop up in WWE in the Rumble? I... I think it's a swerve. I think she's going to show up in AEW. But I got some heat last night on our show for saying this. I'm going to get some heat probably in our chat here today. When it comes to Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, I do not care. Like, I don't care. Like, I just don't. Like, uh, of the four horsewomen, like, I loved her in NXT. After that, in the main roster, she just didn't do anything from me. And that same, like, I just don't care. I don't care about her. Marcus, what do you think about Mercedes Monet? She was all one of my all-time favorites currently today. I mean, I'm happy with, that she's going down this road, New Japan, try something different. But, yeah, everyone's going to talk about the botch she had with Kyrie or the horrible hair color, which I thought it was like a cheetah print. Then I looked again, oh, it's flames. And then like, oh, it's the Bam Bam Bigelow hairstyle. I mean, hey, she wants to – Try and make a name for herself in another promotion. I'm all in for it. And I'm looking forward to, what is it, Battle in the Valley with Kyrie next month in San Jose. I'll be definitely tuning in and watching that, see if she can win the title in her, her in-ring debut in New Japan. Uh, if she goes to AEW, I mean, that's just another former WWE talent, Tony Khan signed. Yeah. I was hoping we could catch a break from because he oversold the shit out of that in 2021 and 2022. But... But I thought that was the dump. Like, it was so ironic the, that that interview, like, Soraya with, with Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm. She's like, I'm sitting next to the best wrestler in the world. And then she just looks at Tony Storm. I'm like, are we getting a heel turn soon with Soraya and Tony? Are we going to see Hikaru Shida and Tony go one-on-one -on -one soon? and Or Hikaru Shida versus Soraya? Because the only, women, the only women's match I want to see down the road and just see this so-called friendship in is Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. We know it's coming. Yeah. Jamie Britt is going to fucking turn on her, yeah. and we're going to get this match at Revolution, and I just hope Jamie beats Britt. Can I got nothing against Britt. I just want Jamie to beat Britt Baker, who I think could be the best woman in AEW right now.
Katie Kinsey, the shaman of she elite, says that Mercedes is also very much a hill in New Japan, so her coming to team with Soraya as a face in AEW doesn't work for her. Uh, and I think that's a really important point to make in the very early stages of her character development in New Japan. If she bounces back and forth between being a hill and being a baby face, it's hard to develop a character that way. If you're a good guy one night, then you know six days later you're a, a, you know a heel, and then you got to turn around and just bouncing back and forth. It's hard to really dig your claws into a character when you're constantly changing your promo and constantly changing your in-ring style. Um, so I agree with uh, Katie there. I think it's going to be a very weird thing if she shows up in teams with Soraya there. Yeah, that's my sentiments on it. Cool. Um, my next thing is Regal is headed to SmackDown. Supposedly. I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. I was, I mean, I, I am glad that, you know, terms were made. I, 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 I think that it makes sense. He wants to be in, in the bubble of WWE where his son is working and growing and building and he can, you know, like work with him right there. Not just, you know, okay, when you're not working and I'm working, we can get together and do it. Like he has a chance to help him build his son's career, uh, which I am so looking forward to, to his son and what he can do. Cause being a big William Regal fan, I'm like that my fandom for him has made me a fan of his son already in NXT. So I'm excited to see what he does. I know it'll be a while before we'll see him on camera if at all, but yeah, I, I'm excited that, you know, he's back in that WWE bubble. I think that's where he should be. Marcus, what do you think about Regal back to, to WWE and more specifically if he ends up doing backstage work for SmackDown? It's perfect. I mean, he's, he's like one of the best to like take advice from and learn the business from. See, I, I didn't know he was going to, it was going to be SmackDown. I know he took like that little vice president role or whatever it was, but I thought he was also going to kind of do some role in NXT again, but not like, on cameras gm but i like it yeah he can make smackdown great again which smackdown kind of was a little bit of back and forth i, I thought raw has kind of been more entertaining lately mm-hmm. really uh, lately See, I mean, I, to me i look at smackdown as like the a show now like i like, like raw to me is still i mean a lot of i don't I have a hard time getting through it still think- smackdown is good it's just the only person keeping smackdown up is Sami Zayn. If we get more Roman every week, then it would be top-notch, top-shelf. But I feel like Sammy's the only one keeping SmackDown alive. I think Raw has a better women's division, and I think SmackDown has a better men's division. So I watch Raw to see uh, your Bianca Belairs and your stuff like that, um, the, the Alexa Bliss stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that on Raw, but I think the stories on SmackDown as far as the men's side are top-notch, whereas the women's division on SmackDown right now is in kind of a, a valley, if you want to look at it as a hills and valleys kind of thing, I think. But historically speaking, they've gone like this. One will be real high and one will be real low. So they've always gone back and forth. Well, Raw was the best for a long time and SmackDown was in the shits. And then it went backwards and SmackDown's number one now and Raw's number two. Um, so I, I see it going back and forth um, for the most part. 
Uh, but I do think that Regal being anywhere is going to be a big, like a huge asset for anybody, wherever he ended up or ends up or will go, be it NXT, SmackDown, or Raw, he'll be a, a huge priority, a huge asset for the company. Um, my next thing is WWE seems to be giving little small Easter eggs about a possible hurt business return. Not everybody at once. <laughs> Marcus, you want to tee this one off? What do you think about hurt business teases and the possibility of a hurt business reunion? I want it. I love the Hurt Business and anything to get Shelton Benjamin up to the top because he's still the unappreciated one. A guy I've mentioned all the time, a guy who should have had a world title reign in 04, 05, at least one. They just never really gave the credit to. This was actually going to be my piss off for greatness and I totally forgot about it until this moment because I said it while we were at Raw. On Monday. So after they did the um, the main event stuff or the dark stuff, you know, before Raw, um, Shelton, Benjamin came out and talked about how it was, you know, he, he was celebrating his 20th year in the business. Like, I don't think it's fair that just because he's not like a Cena or a Rey Mysterio that that gets ignored. Like WWE hasn't said crap about it being his 20th year in the business. Like that's a huge milestone. And just because he's not like the top guy, like he doesn't get his roses and he doesn't get celebrated. I don't think that that's really fair. Like if you want people to appreciate your product as a whole, like you need to celebrate like all your people. Like, I just, like, for him to have to, like, come out there and, like, say it himself and, like, not have, like, even just, even, like, a small thing for him, like, a banner, something, I don't know, a tweet. Like, they could have done something, but instead, like, they ignore it and he has to do it himself. I thought it was cool that he got to talk to the crowd. Uh, Dead Hat, when you think about the Hurt Business, the way they came through during the pandemic and the Thunderdome era, uh, do you think they're one of those groups, a lot of people say, that need their run in front of a crowd? Uh, because it seems like they had such a short history. They never really had a chance to get over in front of a live crowd very long. Uh, do you think they deserve a second run and deserve a second shot at getting over with the if they put them back together with Cedric and uh, Bobby Lashley and the whole group, MVP, Shelty, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I was a fan of the Hurt Business. It took not initially, like it took me a little bit to kind of grow up, but like I want them as a as a heel running rough shot on Raw. It's not the same as the Bloodline because Bloodline is such. I mean, the Bloodline is Godfather like. It is, you know. Marlon Brando and you know the family it's that this is a group of individuals who come to hurt people to make money and to be on top not 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 for the family it's for it's about the money um and it's about hurting people and I think it's a perfect spot for Lashley I I like Lashley as a heel more than a baby face um it helps push Shelton Benjamin and he should be showcased as much as he can and Cedric Alexander it gives him something to actually do. 
and not St. Catering. Mm-hmm. I agree for all of that. Once again, I give you my best, you know, Devon Dudley, testify. <laughs> Completely agree. Um, this is just a little piddly thing, but, uh, this is where, this is like a, not like, sort of like a kayfabe thing, or whether there should be a kayfabe thing. So Dom, Dominic Mysterio announces that he's engaged to his longtime girlfriend, which is amazing, except they're running a storyline that him and Rhea Ripley are together. So what's your argument? Are you saying that it's killing kayfabe, that they're allowing this to get leaked, that he's in another relationship in real life, so to speak, and they shouldn't have tried to write him into a relationship on in, on camera? Yeah. Like, props to him for, like, being engaged. Like, that's amazing. Like, congratulations. But, like, yeah, he, like, tweeted it and, you know, this big thing about how he's engaged to, like, they've been together since, like, 2011. Like, you know, like, that's amazing. But, like... If you're going to have, like, do all these, like, Christmas promos and different things about, like, Rhea being your girlfriend and, like, you're taking her home for Christmas and for Thanksgiving, like, you gotta, like, I know, you know, blah, 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 it's not real, yada, yada, but, like, you gotta at least keep some of the fantasy up. Like, it makes me now care, not care as much about, like, this storyline with Rhea. So you think Dominic Mysterio's killing kayfabe? Yeah, Is that what you're they, I mean, everybody kills kayfabe. I feel like you got really worked up over that. You took that one personally. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so Dominic Mysterio killed kayfabe, guys. What do you think about Dominic and Rhea? Like, where do you think they're going with this Judgment Day story? Like the whole showing up at his dad's house on the holidays and bringing mommy with him and the whole prison Mike promo that he cut on Monday night. It is prison like, Mike, Backstreet Boy, yeah. whatever. Like, what it, do you guys think about it? If he doesn't, if, when he shows back up on TV, like on in front of a live audience, if he does not have that teardrop tattoo. I'm gonna be so pissed. Um, I I like the growth that we're seeing with Dominic. I I, I still would have liked to see him go down to NXT for a while, but I like the growth that we're seeing. He's getting that heat from the audience. I wish, and I believe I've, I don't know if I said this like on a TikTok or I've said it on, on one of our shows, but like for Dominic, if you're going to be a heel, the biggest thing you can do is say, okay, fine. I'm not Dominic Mysterio. I'm Dominic Guerrero because Eddie Guerrero is so beloved. Feed into that. Feed into that the love of the fans have for the late great Eddie Guerrero, because that'll just make him even more like more hated. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I watch it and that storyline more for Rhea than anything else because yeah. she, like, she pulls you in like everything from she's a star. Her look, man. she's a star. Yeah, she she is money, and and yeah, like she pulls me in. He just happens to be the the accessory side of her. Mm-hmm. I think that if they do this right, kayfabe or not, uh, this goes into that whole question of if you're going to play a character on TV, do you play that character into your social media stuff? And this goes into that whole question of can you really have kayfabe in 2023, which is a totally uh-huh. different conversation for a different night. Um, I think there should be 
some of a curtain left. Uh, I know that we'll never get the curtain completely closed again. We'll always know what's going on backstage. Uh, but I think there's a certain level of mystique they could leave to the business that sometimes doesn't, isn't allowed to be there either by the wrestlers themselves or because of the dirt sheets and everybody online. Um, so I think it's all about finding that blend that works for them when they're telling these stories. I think that's the most important thing to take away is figuring out a way to blend the two together, the real life and the storyline, um, and figure out a way to make it all seamlessly fit to where nobody goes, well, this is just dumb. Or in my opinion, the most, the most like deadly question somebody can ask when they're watching pro wrestling is to go, why? If somebody has to ask why, then they're not getting their story across. And uh, I think as long as they stay away from that, I think they can pretty much do whatever they need to because Dominic is historically over now. That that Backstreet Boys prison mic stuff like <laughs> sent him to the next level. Like I didn't think it would seeing it live. And then by the time we got home and saw it on Twitter, I was like, holy shit, everybody loved that. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what Dominic is going to be six, seven years from now. Do you think we get the Ray Dominic match at Mania this year, or do you think they put it off for another year? I think this year. You think we're going to get it this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, Ray to me. I, at being a huge WCW fan, like I was always Team WCW, and I was a big ECW fan. So seeing Ray there for me, <laughs> Ray and WWE for me, like has had big moments and everything, but especially this last run. I don't. I can't remember the last time I cared about Rey Mysterio, and that I don't like that because I loved him when I was younger. I loved him in ECW, loved him in WCW. I don't know when the last time I cared about Rey Mysterio was. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, yeah, it was pre-pandemic before the Seth Rollins. I lost my eyeball stuff. Yeah, I think that was the last time he seemed pretty relevant. Probably, probably all in, like when he was doing stuff not under the WWE banner when he was wrestling people on the indies showing up different places. That's probably the last time I cared. That's true. Back when he was, when he went back to Mexico and stuff and he was doing the, yeah, the like AAA stuff. Yeah. Showing up, wrestling different people, young, like younger talent, people that you didn't hadn't heard of like that. Allison, all in was before you started watching wrestling. Have you seen that pay-per-view yet? That was the the pay-per-view before All Elite Wrestling became its own thing. No, we keep saying we're going to watch it. So you know, all right, we need to watch All In if you've never seen it. Stephen Amell wrestles on that, the guy from Hills. Uh, he's on the All In card, which I think is cool because it shows him in the training process before he ever became part of that show. He was training and doing this and wrestled with, you know, the Ring of Honor guys and was doing a lot of it. So uh, that's super cool. Marcus, what do you think about All In? Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched it about – I didn't watch it live. I probably waited about a week, and then I watched it on um, the Fight app, and then I went back and watched it again when I saw it was free on YouTube, and I watched it on YouTube like three different times. I loved All In. I might have to check it out again. Now that it's its five-year anniversary, I might actually do a review on that. I might go through the midst of time with that, do a nostalgia episode on All In. Absolutely. I think that's a good idea. It's coming up. It was 2019. Was it 2018? September 1st, 2018, I think was the date in Chicago. But I thought what didn't make sense was you put 
the young buck you put uh fuck it was like what was it gold elite in the main event it was fucking the elite no it was the young bucks and kodo bushi against ray mysterio uh fuck what was his two tag team partners uh kodo no, no. shoot you about to make me look this up uh cody rhodes should have been in the main event when he won the title I thought that should have been the main event, or hell, even Kenny Omega and Penta should have been the main event. Cody Those Rhodes like won the 10 pounds matches. of gold over Aldis at that show. That should have been the main event. That was a, that was uh, that was Aldis Rhodes 2, wasn't it? That was their second go-around. That should have main evented the pay-per-view, but it didn't. Um, the Golden Elite versus Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio main evented. Because Omega did Penta. Yeah, that that was another one that could have main evented. But, shit, they had so many good matches that night. Looking back at this, you know, you had Matt Cross versus MJF. Uh, you had Hangman versus Joey Janela. Okada versus Marty Scroll. That was all good matches at all in. Uh, hell, I'll even give it to Flip Gordon. He had a hell of a match with Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World title after he won that uh, Battle Royal. He was Chico El Luchador. (laughs) (laughs) Allison, you got anything else on your list? I have one last thing. Um, I know we talked to, we've talked about it here. We've talked about it a little bit here and there, but overall feelings about Wrestle Kingdom. Did either of you have a chance to watch it yet too, with it being just being yesterday? No. Highlights. Highlights. Yeah. I'm going to try to watch it over the weekend. Same here. I'm going to rent in and watch it over the weekend. But, yeah, I uh, I got woken up about 7 o'clock this morning. That morning, the first thing I saw was Mercedes' debut at New J- at uh, Russell Kingdom and thought it was cool. I was like, yeah, I figured it was coming. I didn't really care for the botch. I just I got distracted by her hair. And all I kept hearing about was, like, five-star match kenny omega versus well so you've got to watch that match i said what about okada and jay white was that not a five-star match they're like uh it was probably a four but that omega osprey was probably the match of the night i read a thing on twitter and i meant to share it i, I still probably need to and it said Meltzer is gonna give so many stars to that osprey omega match that he inadvertently unlocked Yoshi on top of, of Mario Princess Peach's castle. Please send me that. I'm yeah, always please, giving I'll, Uncle Dave so much shit. I love please, that. Yeah, put it in the group chat so I can retweet it also. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. But yeah, I saw that yesterday. And I was like, I don't know. I, I was like, I, that that was amazing. Like, I have to, I have to, I have to That's use that and everything. Because I was like, I'm like, kids, my younger fans may not know, but I'm like, that was Mario 64, folks. Wrestle Kingdom 17. One, I'm not going to lie. The Japanese have fucked up my sleep cycle for the last 36 hours. (laughs) Like, so bad. Uh, I pretty much was awake from Tuesday morning till roughly 7.30 yesterday morning. Um, And then I promptly passed the fuck out. Um, Overall-wise, I think it was a great pay-per-view. Do I think the IWC is collectively shitting their pants over a really cool debut? And an absolutely five-star banger of a match. Yes. The rest of the card was good. You know, uh, the Okada-White match was a great match. Osprey-Omega 
arguably one of the match of the year candidates three days in. The Tomatonga, you know, uh, Carl Anderson match. Banger. But these are things we expected. Had these guys not came in and done bangers, then everybody would have been like, oh, shit, New Japan didn't deliver on their biggest show of the year. So it's one of those, like, yeah, it was a really good show. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving a really good show. Uh, but I do think that the IWC is, like, losing their minds. Like, this is the first time there's been a show like this in the Tokyo Dome, and it's not. We saw, you know, Shinsuke in the, the Tokyo Dome. We saw Chris Jericho and Omega in the Tokyo Dome. Like, this wasn't the first... I think this is the first time American fans have seen absolute bangers in Tokyo. No. You know, I think that's the Not biggest takeaways. I think this was the first time that the American eyes were on the Tokyo Dome and on New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom 17. So I think that's kind of what made this year feel so special was because I, this may have been the biggest one ever just because of the AEW involvement, because of mercedes Monet, because of the IWGP Women's World title. Because let's not forget that since 1972, when New Japan Pro Wrestling became into an existence, and 2023, they have had two women's matches in the Tokyo Dome. Like, we're still looking at history here. Like, this is still oh, a yeah. much bigger deal um then uh what happens also i have to divert right now because marie's chiming in and said hey will what happened to ftr ftr very graciously bowed out of the iwgp tag team division so they could come back to the states to make that wwe money marie shadows they're making wwe money <laughs> i'll see them at wrestlemania they're coming to take over the usos uh, but yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 17, amazing. I thought it was a great pay-per-view. I think the IWC shit themselves because they've never seen a new Japan Wrestle Kingdom like that. That's pretty much my two cents. Then Marie sent me off. Yeah. You got anything else, Al? Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for me. Alright, I've got a couple hot takes and pissed off your greatness from the chat, from Twitter, and from TikTok. I'm going to throw your guys away. Dad Hat Marcus, you guys give me your quick you know, 20-second response to these hot takes. Um, Heel Zach on TikTok says, Drew should have beat Roman at Clash of the Castle. He's pissed off that Roman still has the belts. Um, what do you guys think? Should Drew, if that was the last, was Drew the last viable option to beat Roman until Cody or somebody comes back to take him from him? No. Drew needs to go away for a while. You think he needs some time off? He needs some time off. He needs to be away. Marcus, what do uh, you think? Oh, sorry. Go say, ahead, Dad. Finish up. I was gonna okay. say I like I like him when he's doing. I like the 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 connection back to Sheamus because I like them two together because I mean they they did come into the business together so there's history there, and fans know that history. Um, but I, I I think if you're going world title picture, he needs to be away for a while before that bring before that happens. Marcus, what you Car got? he carried it for so long. Oh, for sure. I'm gonna say yes because to make up with what happened with the pandemic, not having that WrestleMania moment, winning that title in front of a stadium crowd, that was supposed to be the makeup. And then they planned on him losing, even though it was, there wasn't in Scotland, Wales is kind of considered his home country too. I mean, it was like country over that would, I say yes, just to make up the bullshit with the pandemic and having him to win it in a warehouse in front of no fans. Allison, should Drew have beat Roman? Yes. 
100%. I already knew the answer to that. I don't even know why. <laughs> uh, next one. Cam's Wrestling Corner says he was pissed off at all the Sasha Bank haters. Uh, do you think Sasha got a lot of hate, guys? Any opinion on that? You think the haters have a leg to stand on, or do you think they need to go GTFO? GTFO. GTFO? Dad Hat, what do you think? you think the, the haters have a leg, or do you think they need to get out of here with that nonsense? I, I'm all about spreading the positivity. Like, I'm, I mean, that's just always going to be me. Like, I'm never going to say, hey, your opinion sucks ass. Like, but it's – I don't – it. I didn't really feed into the noise just because, again, like I said earlier, I don't care. Like, it, cool, she's in New Japan. Cool. She shows in AEW. Cool. Whatever. Like, do you. Make money. Like, be successful. But, like, I just don't care about you. Yep. I'm a, I'm a big fan, like I said earlier in the show. We don't yuck any yums. You're just not a Sasha Banks fan? That's fine. I absolutely hate – well, not hate. Uh, hate's a strong word. I really don't like the Young Bucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – this is my yeah. thing. It's just not my cup of tea. That's great. I yeah. see the appeal in the way they wrestle, uh, but I yeah. call them Anime DX. Like, that's who they that's are. That's a great they, way to put it, yeah. They're Anime DX. Um, All Wrestling for Life – uh, says that David Arquette is the w- best and greatest WCW wrestling champion of all time. <laughs> uh, David Arquette, the greatest WCW champion. Marcus, that hat, what you guys think? In a movie, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I give David Arquette credit because, I mean, I love the documentary that David Arquette can't die or nobody can kill David Arquette or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, I mean, I love that he is a fan and loves pro wrestling and wants to do it and everything. But it, to me, it ranks up there with the finger poke of doom. <laughs> Marcus, you got anything to say about David Arquette? I loved his movie, Ready to Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like his run in, w, in actual WCW. It was so chaotic and how he almost fucking died against Nick Gage a while back. <laughs> Dad, have you seen the stuff going around on TikTok with the the David Arquette stuff? To get him in the Rumble, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like I keep seeing it, and I'm just like, I, I mean, I would laugh. I would be okay with that happening as like a surprise thing, if we were gonna get, and I was hoping we were actually gonna get it this year, it being a forty or fifty man Rumble. Yeah. Don't take away a spot if it's only thirty, because I mean. 30 i feel like now we need to advance it it just goes by so fast now like and you know most you know i'm hoping that we're not going to have people like i declare i'm going to be in the rumble and you know half the people in the rumble like that's what i'm hoping for in the next month that we don't get people saying i'm going to be in the rumble and you know you know 20 of the 30 allison what you think about david arquette greatest wcw champion of all time Hmm. sure you're just going to hop on the bandwagon and say sure? Why not? I love David Arquette. He's funny. <laughs> I like that movie. I haven't seen his stuff in WCW, so I don't think that I can have a full opinion on the matter, but sure, why the fuck not? Um, I, have, I, have, I have a big, I have a kind of a beef with David Arquette for one reason, WCW. The fact that he can say he is a WCW champion and Chris Canyon cannot kills me uh when vince russo was on botch bots and share shots he and i kind of talked about that run in wcw and what he was doing as the booker and how how much heat he gets for what happened there and uh, he talks about how he was just kind of doing his job you know what i mean they kind of gave him a direction and were like 
kind of go with it. So he was like, I was told to go in there and get astronomical amounts of heat. So what better way to do it than to put my world title on a Hollywood movie star? You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. Um, Miss Dawn from Morning Mayhem, uh, have faith on TikTok says AW isn't using certain wrestlers right. Uh, they're not being used properly. Uh, ultimately, too big a roster, too few hours on TV time. Uh, she specifically mentioned Wardlow as being somebody who had that little flash in the pan then immediately got lost in the shuffle again. What do you guys think about AW mishandling their roster? I mean, they mishandled the roster. I mean, that's pretty historical. Especially, like, with the women's division. As soon as a woman is done being champion, you don't, you don't see her. She's buried. Except for Britt Baker. But even after her initial loss of the title, like, we didn't see her. Like, forever. So, they do that. Like, as soon as the belt comes off of somebody, like, they just go away and vanish. I don't know. They and sometimes really even when they win the belt. Bearing. They do. Yeah, sometimes when they win the belt, they go away. You're absolutely right. Who was it? Uh, It was kind of like, not the women's division, but Hangman Adam Page. Mm-hmm. Most of his entire title, or most of his entire reign felt like a, a back burner thing to CM Punk's arrival. Yep. Like yeah. they have a really bad history of doing this with their world championships where they don't book their world titles to be the biggest picture and the biggest programs. So I Tony Khan and his toys. He's collecting action figures. That's all he's doing. He's Vince McMahon in 1982. He went to Georgia championship wrestling and he bought all the territories and he said, now I want this guy. Now I want this guy yeah. and I want a yeah. Mr. Perfect. And I want an Andre the giant. Tony Khan is going to every indie promotion in America and he's going, I want a Jay Lethal, and I want a Jonathan Gresham, and I want to, yep. you know, like, this is what he's doing. Um, so I agree with Miss Don. He's just not using some of his talent properly. Uh, Seth Rollins potentially being out for the rest of the year because of a knee injury. How bad does this suck for WWE if Rollins is out? So hard. It's a crime. He's earned the spot that he was going to have at Mania. Mm-hmm. His year was, we went from losing after losing after losing but still, I mean, most entertaining thing to me on WWE. Um, yeah, he, 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 it's sad because he really earned that mania spot. This will be a second mania that he misses because of a damn injury. Yeah. Marcus, what you think? Seth Rollins potentially out for the year with a knee injury. Man, I hope not. God, I've been enjoying Seth Rollins throughout 2022 and, going in now I'm, I'm hoping maybe he could shake it off god it would suck if i go to the rumble and he's not there competing in it for a shot or even have a chance to win any championship even if he takes the title back from uh, austin theory is seth rollins to me is like one of the people carrying the company yeah you know when it comes to raw it's i would say seth rollins kevin owens rhea ripley i would throw an austin theory to me that's like the four carrying raw right now they're the there are the reasons why i tune in every monday night is those four names and if rollins gets hurt then we're gonna have the, the fourth man that could replace him to make raw great again would be cody rhodes if he ends up returning so it's already sucks that when he left and i was jumping on that bandwagon and now we're finally getting him back and i'm ready for him to come back but god it would suck so bad if rollins is out could be out nine months if it's like a tear or something I mean, I don't know. I haven't really – they've been quiet about the injury. I think you're the first person to mention something about his issue with his knee. We saw it happen live. Mm-hmm. So, 
I noticed it, like, because they kind of, it, it was, in the moment, it was almost hard to tell whether it was part of the story or if it, like, actually happened. But the moment that I saw him jump from the top rope with, on one leg, I was like, no, his knee is fucked. And then that the was rest kept pretty. coming up to him and, like, checking on him. Like, I knew at that moment, I was like, oh, no. That was a beautiful one-legged frog splash. It was. Did. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you were at, you were at Raw Nashville, mm-hmm. correct? That crowd was <laughs> electric for his theme song. I, I was like this the whole time. I was doing South Park. If I had like Velcro on the nipples, I'd put them off <laughs> and I'd just, it yeah, I laid it down like. They did not stop. Even when the announcer was introducing the opponents, they kept going mm-hmm. and going. Mm-hmm. As soon as he would pick his hands up, they know when to cue it. It, it was, it was perfect. It was probably louder than WrestleMania for damn sure. And that was a smaller building. Go Preds! It was a, it was a fantastic, fantastic show. You well, were there too. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, we're well, both I, in Nashville. I, I, yeah, shout out to my buddy Battle from Battleground Podcast. He was there too with his little boy uh, ringside. I saw his stuff. Nice. And then I thought I thought about you. I was like, I wonder if uh, Will's there too. And see, I didn't know Allison was from Nashville until she, you introduced her. And I'm like, well, and she mentioned, I'm like, oh, lucky. She was at the first Raw of the New Year also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we went together. Yeah. Nice. That's great to hear. And Well, ladies, gentlemen, we made it. We've done all the damage we're going to do for one night. Uh, flavor part of the episode for me is because I just sit here and have you guys plug your stuff. Dad Hat, you're first. Uh, tell everybody where to find you, what you've got going on, and what's new at the Panda Wrestling Company. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm Dad Hat Wrestling on pretty much all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, mainly on TikTok. That's kind of where I just kind of started doing things. Uh, but, yes, you can find me, especially Wednesdays with the Wrestle Talk Wolfpack on the Panda Wrestling Company, um, and Saturdays with the Wrecking Crew where uh, on Panda Wrestling Company where we cover all things hardcore, extreme, deathmatch, but with a lot of humor intact. In um Panda Wrestling Company's got a lot of stuff coming down the line. We've got interviews coming up uh, with Medusa, uh, I know, coming down the line. We've got other some indie talent. We've got some other big names coming down that haven't been released yet. But uh, twitch.tv slash Panda Wrestling Company, we've got something for a little bit of ev- for everybody. If you're new and, you know, still tr- just learning about the world of pro wrestling, we've got learning the ropes on Sundays. You know, there's Phenomenal Four. There's uh, Wrestle Drip. I mean, there's something every single night um and sometimes two shows a night for everybody so we're we're having fun it's a great group of creators i love everybody i get to interact with and then i mean it's it's like the highlight of my week every week when we get to do wednesday and saturday shows i'm definitely happy to have stumbled upon you guys in wrestle talk uh for y'all to have been the kind of the first click that uh i stumbled into i'm hyped to have met you and jacksbo and brie and self bet and yeah, uh yeah. you know gracie and all of you guys like i just happened to fall into the right circle <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, i'm grateful for every one of you especially with you guys grinding over the last month to help push me over a thousand like yeah you man absolutely to me so uh, i appreciate the hell out of all those guys i think that's the biggest thing that we, we i mean we we all have this mindset of like we want the community to grow like i think like none of us like we hate the toxicity we hate the negativity like we hate the whole IWC is just nothing but toxic assholes who want to like, no, I want like 
I wanted to see you get to a thousand. I want to see XLJ, the OG get to a thousand, like, because there were people who were pushing for me when I was just before we even did the PWC, just trying to go live on TikTok so we could interact and talk about wrestling. Like, it was like, that was really the only thing. Cause we didn't know what to do Twitch wise and stuff like that. So, I mean, we want to build the community and I mean, it's pro wrestling. At the end of the day, we're talking about a predetermined, you know, sport with 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 storyline and theater thrown into it and everything. So why not have fun? Support everybody. Completely agree. Marcus, plug your stuff. What's going on at World Elite and Floor Slapper? You can find me on Twitter at Marcus Elite337. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and we're on YouTube as well. Find Worldly Podcasts at Worldly Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. We're everywhere there. That's where you can find us, man. Miss Siegel, plug your stuff. Um, you can find me at Just a Girl Nine Eighteen on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm currently sitting at three hundred and sixty-seven on TikTok. Uh, I am trying to get to the magical 1000 so that i can also go live with will and yellow shoe guys so we can do our show also on the tiktoks um this sunday there will be i swear i swear there will be a new issue of heel support group with max and colby by damnedest i'm gonna have it out by sunday night i swear (laughs) it's happening it's gonna happen i promise um, this week's shout outs, follow M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R, Matt Ritter, the number one podcast on Pornhub, smacking it raw, follow Katie Kinsey, baby, Katie Wrestling 13, follow Marie Shadows, follow Mr. B-Roll, follow Justin Bundy, wrestling fan for life, follow wrestling, uh, the Panda Wrestling Company, follow Bree Stout, follow the Ginger Ninja Jacksbow, follow Ethan on a forklift, follow Best Scout Machine, follow Too Tall Tyler, follow King Josie. King Jody, follow Wrestle Talk Forever, follow all my friends, follow Ravage, follow Bama, follow Yellow Shoe Guy, follow all my friends. But now, as we close another episode of Botch, Pods, and Share Shots, I want to take a minute. Thank you for listening. Remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling me how great I am or how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm, it helps find new listeners. Feeling really generous and be one of the VIP people? Head over to patreon.com and donate to the Smack Thrall Podcast Network. You get some fantastic swag, we get some fantastic guests. It's a win win for Dad Hat Wrestling, for Marcus from World Elite, and for the Boss Bitch Miss Allison. I am the Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. <laughs>